Welcome to the Edge of Eternity podcast. This is where biblical Christianity and the world meet. Our aim is to give you the tools and resources you need to help cultivate a closer and more meaningful relationship with God. Stay tuned. Listener, hello. Welcome to this week's edition of Edge of Eternity. Thank you for joining. Today's episode is based upon a concept that I've coined, and that is emotional idolatry. Now, obviously, over the course of the show, I will be elaborating on what that means and what it is and how it can actually be detrimental to your walk with Christ. When I was obviously reflecting on what this week's discussion should be on, after last week's discussion with uh, Jalen Ridges, a YouTuber and TikToker, and thank you, Brother Jalen, if you're listening. I thought it was a really good episode. We discussed religion versus faith. The difference between a person who associates themselves as religious and a person who truly has faith. And the reason why this episode kind of piggybacks on that one is because throughout my life, I've always been an observant man. And when I evangelize, go speak to complete strangers, and I convey the message of the gospel and the severity of sin, the necessity of prayer and repentance, when you do get pushback, people tend to argue and what they really, the, the ground in which they argue upon and stand upon is this idea of always feeling good. There's a real, or not real, there's an unwritten rule that personal emotional gratification and emotional utility and the maximization of that utility is the number one aim for all human beings on this earth. What I'm saying is, as long as I feel good, that's all that matters. Whatever system or spiritual doctrine or dogma or system that can enable and facilitate and justify that, that's where I'll go. If that's atheism, if that's Buddhism, if that's Hinduism, or if it's just this concoction of our own cocktail of spiritual systems, take a bit from here, take a bit from there, take a bit from everywhere, and mix it in, blend it in, turn it into this spiritual cocktail. Moreover, the point being, whatever system satisfies my own personal convictions and my own emotions, then that's the one I will adhere to. And the 
the issue is people tell themselves these things subconsciously and they start to live by these things these systems of personal gratification and this is a problem it's a big problem because this mentality has trickled down into the church in fact it's done more than trickled down into the churches in many cases it's actually the primary driver of church attendance it's what many members of the congregation are looking for and when you hear people like Bill Johnson one of the senior ministers of I think it's Bethel I was watching his testimony and I could it was about 40 minutes long I could only watch 20 minutes because honestly I had enough in 20 minutes of an apparent testimony repentance was never mentioned Salvation was never mentioned. Sin was never mentioned. Jesus Christ by name was never mentioned. We're talking about the head of one of the biggest church institutions on the planet. And the core components of redemption, of salvation of the Gospels in 20 minutes of a 40-minute discussion was never mentioned. I tell you what was mentioned. The need for spiritual experience. And this is commonplace within the progressive Christian movement, the charismatic Christian movement, and it's really fitting for today's theme of emotional idolatry. Because when you share a gospel that promotes experiences as opposed to true faith, you become seduced by the lust of wanting to feel, quote-unquote, God, as opposed to genuinely experiencing God through understanding his word and understanding the premise of why you're actually persevering and undergoing your path and your walk with Christ. As a true believer, you're exactly that, a believer. You believe the word of God. You believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins. You have parked your emotions to one side because you recognize what Jesus Christ has done for you. 
let me recap, right? Let me let me just assume right now that you have no knowledge of what Jesus has done and you need a refresher. We know that God is holy. Therefore, God's standard is literally perfection. Now, God is the creator of all life that was, is, and will ever be. In order to create space, time, and matter, an eternal presence must be there to create space, time, and matter. You can't be part of space, time, and matter to create space, time, and matter. Moreover, the creator, God the Father, is eternal. And this eternal, supreme, sovereign Father is holy. How do we know God is holy? Because morality is written on the heart of every single human being. We don't think of morals. We don't think of these things. We feel morals. You, you just know in your inner soul, in, your, in the fibers of your being, that it's wrong to murder an innocent person. It's wrong to have, adult, to have an adulterous relationship. It's wrong to break into somebody's home and steal their possessions. You just know these things are wrong. These things are not societal constructs. These things are not subject to the mind. Yes, your mind can comprehend what has happened, but you feel them in your heart, in your soul. So we know God is holy. We know God is perfect morally. And then we know God has a law, has many rules, which we must adhere to. Now, let's switch the focus on us. We have all, every single person who's walked this earth except one, every single one of us have all fallen well short of God's glory. Every one of us has lied. Every one of us has stolen. Every one of us has looked at the opposite sex with lust. Some some people look at the same sex with lust. The point here being lust means, as Jesus says in the Gospels, you've already committed adultery in your heart if you just look with lust. The point I'm making here is every single person who's ever walked this earth except one has broken the law. Therefore, we all deserve to be punished. The old saying, if you do the crime, you do the time. Or you do the crime, you pay the fine. But punishment must come your way for breaking the law. True or false? And yet, because the holy and perfect God is also rich in mercy and in patience and in grace, he sent one person, his only begotten son, to exonerate us, to vouch for us, to take the punishment that we rightfully deserve 
on his own shoulders and pay with his life. Think about the mechanics of Jesus Christ's sacrifice. A perfect and sinless, blemish-free man was accused of blasphemy, was beaten brutally, was then treated like a really severe criminal. The punishment we deserve, Jesus took it on our behalf. All we need to do is place our faith in him and not in ourselves. We repent of our sins and we place our faith in Christ. Because that then shows God you're aware of the severity of your sin and sins, plural. You've had the decency to apologize and to turn away from them and you place your faith in the personification of God's grace and mercy and that is Jesus Christ. At what point did I mention your own emotional gratification? It's not about you. It's about him, capital H. When we Christians truly get the fact that when you really call yourself a Christian, you take a back seat. In order to truly honor and to truly worship and to truly appreciate and understand and comprehend the fact that without Jesus Christ, without sufficient faith in Jesus Christ, you will burn in hell for the rest of eternity. There's no time to sugarcoat things anymore because the world certainly needs biblical truths to be spoken. There's a longing in people's hearts to hear truth. We've become so consumed with political correctness and trying not to step on people's toes that we have genuinely forgotten what it means to profess truth. There's nothing more true than the Gospels. And one thing people are doing consistently is subverting the Gospels, perverting the Gospels as well, in order to extract or manipulate or produce some form of emotional gratification. This is where the charismatic gospel has come in this is where the progressive christian movement has come in this is where the bethels and the hill songs and the elevation churches and churches of that ilk where they have substituted sound biblical doctrine for the true essence of the gospel ladies and gentlemen you must truly understand that 
Your life is no joke. The premise and the reason why I've started this ministry, this digital ministry, Edge of Eternity, is precisely that. We are on the edge of eternity. How you conduct yourselves in your daily life and the essence of your faith is going to set you up for the rest of your existence. We know through reading the Bible, the only reason why we die is because the wages of sin is death. Even as a repentant sinner, you've, your past sins are still in memory of in your flesh. So God pays you the wages of sin, which is death. But you still live on after that. How prepared are you to meet the Father? How ready are you to meet the Father? Do you know where you're going after you've died? Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Well, you can't work out your salvation if you're more concerned with always feeling good. You can't work out your salvation if the church that you attend does not practice sound biblical teachings, does not preach sound biblical teaching, if your church is more concerned with having quote-unquote experiences, experiences that pander to your own personal emotional gratification. Time is ticking. Time is ticking. We'll take a break here, ladies and gentlemen, but we'll focus more on some of societal pressures on the church in part two. Thank you for listening and stay tuned. two ladies and gentlemen I'd like to start part two with a quote the devil is not fighting religion he's too smart for that he is producing a counterfeit Christianity so much like the real one that good Christians are afraid to speak out against it end quote and that is from Dr. Vance Harmer sorry Dr. Vance Harner And he said that in the middle of the 80s, 85 or 86, I think, some 36 or 35 years ago, no, 37 years ago, sorry, almost 40 years ago. And it's very true. We're living in a world that Christians and people who are non-believers are virtually one in the same 
there's this idea and this premise and this notion that sufficient church attendance is enough or simply quote-unquote believing is enough and closer to the point of today's episode this is because emotional gratification is actually the god that most people serve without even realizing you have to ask yourself person ladies and gentlemen consistently who am i actually serving Because there's a real naivety within the church today. There's a real neglect of sound biblical doctrine. And it's been substituted with this constant desire to quote-unquote feel good. And it's very dangerous. And you truly don't realize what you're involved in and with if you attend these churches or you substitute truly understanding the word of God and a genuine prayer life with feeling good. Look, I'm not trying to disparage feeling good. It's a human desire. Who doesn't want to feel good? Everyone does. Babies, adults, men, women, throughout every single generation. We are wired to want to feel good as much as we can. We love the feeling, the dopamine release, and the pleasure, and all things that come with feeling good but what has happened is this desire has been manipulated by the enemy and what is what is producing is weak spirited weak minded feeble christians and it really doesn't bode well It really doesn't bode well because people really need to understand the severity of their life, of their lives, and the fact that you only get to do this once. You're usually given decades on this earth, about seven, you get about seven and a half decades the average person lives. And in that time, you can't repeat a single second of your life. You're constantly moving forward. Whether you're moving backwards, you're still moving forward, if you understand what I'm saying. And one day, you will meet the Father. Whether you believe in Him or not, I know that not everyone who listens to this broadcast is a Christian whether you believe that or not that is going to happen 
that is going to happen. How prepared are you truly? If you can't say with your hand on your heart, I am going to heaven when I die. If you can't say with hand on heart, Jesus Christ is Lord. If you don't, if you're not familiar with scripture, are you truly a Christian? And we're not, I'm not saying this in order for you to boast or brag or become arrogant or proud. It's for your own sake. As I said earlier in the show, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Are you truly saved? Because when you're truly saved, your life changes. Your life stops being about you. And it starts to be about him. And in return, he, capital H, will start to favor you. God wants a fellowship. A true relationship. Whether you're married, whether you have children, whether you have co uh, colleagues, whether you're boyfriend and girlfriend. All relationships require effort from both parties or all parties involved. Effort is the currency of relationships. Therefore, how much effort do you give to God? When you fast, you substitute your own carnal pleasures in order to show God that you're serious. And in turn, God can then see that you are serious and you do have faith and you are willing to sacrifice your flesh for spiritual understanding and wisdom. You see, one thing that is clear is that when you are too emotional, not only can you not be controlled by yourself, but no one around you can control you and nothing around you can control you. Your emotions become your controllers. Emotions are fantastic servants, but they're poor masters. And what has happened and what is happening in today's world and church especially is the fact that we can't seem to detach from feeling good. It's very, very dangerous because a life of constantly seeking pleasure, a life of hedonism, if you call yourself a believer, will lead to your downfall your eternal damnation and eternal distance away from God. I saw a sermon from Pastor Charles Lawson and he said the forces that work against you are the flesh, worldliness, Satan, demons and religion. And we can say at least with the flesh, with worldliness, with religion, 
of course, with Satan and demons as well. But with those three that I mentioned first, there are definitive links to emotional gratification in the flesh, worldliness, and religion. Now, I'm not saying this path is easy. I'm not saying that it isn't or it's a walk in the park. Absolutely not. But your faith is meant to sustain you. As a believer, you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ. And I can say from experience, the more I read the Bible, the more I study the word, the more I consume good Christian content, the better the walk. I never said easy, but the better it is. You become stronger. You become more resilient. You become more aware of the distractions and the distortions and the traps. But you, God rewards your faith. You see, when you have true faith, you are rewarded. But it is very difficult to have faith if you're constantly seeking your own emotional gratification. And it seems so innocent and so innocuous Yet, it is the one barrier that is holding so many people back from having that true relationship with Jesus Christ. Emotional dependency and emotional gratification is something that will keep you and stop you from learning the truth. And if you can't come into the truth, then you will die in sin. And of course, if you die in sin, you will burn forever. I fully appreciate the nature of this message isn't feel good. But it's not supposed to be, not today. Being a believer is obviously not all doom and gloom. However, as a true believer of the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus Christ himself, we have to be aware that we have to we have to tell the truth. Even if it doesn't necessarily make you feel good, it's something that has to be broadcasted, something that has to be promoted, something that has to be said. Because we don't have time anymore. We do not have time to sit down and to delay the message or to stall. You need to move your emotions out of the way and allow the miracle of the Holy Spirit to enter you and to start walking with Christ. And until you remove the, the idol that is your emotions, you won't be able to understand or comprehend and you won't be able to inherit the kingdom of God. Emotions have been used in a way that stops your walk with God. And it is to the detriment of you 
and to the detriment of people around you. But especially to you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening today. This was always intended to be a more or a shorter episode. I'm working on a few more guests, so hopefully this time next week I'll be joined by another guest. But just to conclude, I really want it I really want the point to be clear that a walk with Christ is about Christ. And that means you may have to sacrifice time to understand what is required of you as a believer. That means you may have to fast. That means you have to cultivate a true prayer life. But when you truly understand the magnitude of the sacrifice, these things won't seem laborious. These things will be done with pleasure you will actually understand why you're doing these things as well. So if reading your Bible or if fasting or if prayer or if you still feel compelled to consume the things of the world, ask yourself why. Why don't I have the faith that gives me the conviction to willingly do these things? Ask yourself and pray to pray to God and ask for wisdom because time is running out ladies and gentlemen we are literally on the edge of eternity and any day could be your last and a life lived where you're not prepared to meet the father is that really a life that is are you really alive how would you feel if you were to meet God and you realize that your entire life was a waste of time because you're not prepared? Rather than preparing, you were satisfying your own lusts. Watch out for emotional idolatry, ladies and gentlemen, and commit yourself to Jesus Christ today. As always, take care and God bless. And thank you for listening.